Welcome to the Good Fight Tattoo Podcast. Here's your opportunity to eavesdrop on the conversations and stories that are told in our tattoo studio in London. There will be adult themes and strong language, so listener discretion is advised. With that out of the way, we hope you enjoy the podcast. In this episode, I talk with my customer about his experience of coming out as being gay. We also talk about mental health and the attitudes towards it in Ireland and how yoga seems to help. That's fine, yeah. So let's get recording. It's, not like it's heavy. <laughs> it's not... Right, so. So, yeah. We were just about to talk about you. <laughs> this is one of the things that's weird for the podcast is sometimes like I'm not recording and then I just start going, fuck, I should really record this. <laughs> and then so we jump into it at a point yeah. that's like difficult. So you're just saying, you, so you're from Colombia originally. You've lived in London for? For, uh, let me see, since tw- uh, 2013. Yeah, that's nearly six years. Yeah. And you were to- just about to tell me about coming out to your dad. Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, well. I came out with my mom like yeah, uh, twelve years ago. So yeah, your mom. So when you when you, I'm always intrigued about people's stories of coming out. Right when when that happened, how did you approach it with your mum? You're never. I mean, obviously you've never been in that situation. Yeah, that's why I'm so intrigued okay. about it. So sometimes I feel like it's unfair. Just because I'm gay, I have to come out. Why? You have to make a big deal of it. Yeah, and tell everyone. it's not a big deal. It's not yeah. like my brother has had to to speak with my mom. Look, I'm I'm heterosexual. Look, it's this is my point, girlfriend. Actually. No, why? But okay, it's the way it is. Um, yeah, I was with 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 the Steven. Steven is my husband for uh, ten years now. Yeah. So Steven was in Colombia. I uh, I was still living there. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where you met. Yeah, we met there um, in the summer. To just backtrack a second, what's it like being gay in Colombia? How's how's that? It's not that. I mean, it's obviously it's it's harder than than living in Europe, but yeah. it's not that that. So attitudes are a little a little more against it still in yeah. places like Colombia. Yeah, it's more like. Uh, you don't feel like you've been, um, what's it called, Dis- discriminated. Yeah, discriminated. No. no. You don't feel not, like that? No. no. I n- I've never felt like that. It's more like, what does your family going to think about you being gay? Yeah. But, yeah. It's more like, what, what's uh, the reactions? Uh, so what did you think? Because you, like you were just saying to me before we started recording that you came out to your mum, what, 12 years ago? Yeah, 12 years ago. Yeah. And so your mum's known and carried that secret with her. Yeah. And it was more like, I think, I think at the end she was not happy, but she understood, understood my, my situation. Yeah. But she was more like, um, okay, I accept you, I love you, but... I don't want to talk about this anymore, okay? Right. So I don't want your dad to know you're married with a man because right. he's like, um, he's old. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what's going to happen if he knows about your, your 
So you you're were just, being gay. You were just saying that you've uh, recently, two months ago, come out to your dad. Yes. How was that? Uh, obviously, uh, I left Colombia, yeah, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I've never came back. Right. So, so what, you've not even been back to visit? Yes. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I decided to, I think I w I've been ready since, yeah, since I left to, to, to speak to my, to my dad. Yeah. But it was more like my mom. My mom, I don't know why. Obviously, I'm self, uh, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I took care of my life. Yeah. And, but I don't know why my mom, uh, it's very important to me what she thinks about me. Right. And when I spoke to her, she was always like, uh, I don't want your dad to know your situation. Did she ever tell you why she didn't want your dad to know? You know what? It's my family. I know. It's 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 a normal family, but it was very very normal. You you, you don't know if you if you understand what I'm trying to say. So they're very traditional family. Yes, very traditional. But my dad, it was like I've never heard. Uh, a good word for my dad, like I love you. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very old-fashioned way. Yes. Like my dad, he was more like a provider. You know, yeah. he was working all day. Mm -hmm. uh, he provided food and shelter, yeah. but not like love. Not particularly emotional. Yes. Yeah. Like obviously, I'm sure your dad ha feels that. Like I mean, I think if you're a parent, it's probably impossible not to, in some way. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a weird, it's kind of an odd thing with an older generation that yes. you, that's yes. something you don't necessarily express. Yeah, yeah. Which I think as yeah. we, you know, as new generations are coming through and being parents, I think we're learning that it's probably better to express it. <laughs> it's true, yeah. And yeah, I was afraid of my dad's reaction because of this. Most of, most of all because of my mom. Yeah. But so it's been built up quite a lot then. Yeah. But it was in October... I so I before before we go on with that, right? When you say it's in October, can you describe what it was like going to your dad and preparing yourself mentally yeah. for you know explaining to him? I went with my mom into a lot of uh, not fighting but like arguing, you know, because of this, and I stopped uh, like. Speaking to my mum like oh, so two told or three you, years. So you told your mum you were going to do it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I told her, look, mum, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, I don't mind if you want me to to speak to my dad or and not. And she kept on trying to tell you not. Yes, to. she right. was always avoiding the the subject. So I said, because my 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 journey to Colombia was more like a surprise, like mm -hmm. a surprise. I'm going there on Christmas. So right. Okay. So I had to tell her, look, I'm going on Christmas, I'll be there, but I won't, I won't say lies. Yeah. I want to speak to my dad, and I'm going with the Stephen. Stephen came with you? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm going with the Stephen, and it's not like I'm avoiding the, the subject, okay? Yeah. I'll, if, if my dad asks, yeah, he's, he's not only my boyfriend, but my husband for, for the last 10 years. Yeah. Okay. And she so was she was like mad. Okay, yeah, but if you're here, okay, don't say he's your your husband. Say he's a close friend. I said no, I'm not. 
Yeah. No, uh, I'm not gonna do that because I think it's lack of respect with Steven and with me. Yeah. Because in the past I said a lot of uh, lies because of this, mm -hmm. trying to preserve myself. You know. Yeah. So I said no. The the last person I need to speak to is with my dad. Yeah. To be 100% like. How can I say this? Like. Just. I guess, like you know, to to sort of feel like you've you've done everything the right way in the way yes, that you should. Yes, in the last years, I yeah. did everything in the so, right way. Yeah, and the last that. person I need to speak to is with me. With yeah, my to get dad, some closure to be, on that. To be like happy, hundred yeah. percent with with the person I I uh, I became. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in October, yeah, I called my dad. Even I I didn't tell my mom. I said, look, uh, is my dad there? I want to say hello, please, let me <laughs> speak to him. Okay. Uh, I so spoke you to called him. him before you went out? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to him. I said, look, dad, uh, I'm going in December and Christmas. Uh, are you happy? I said, he said, yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really happy. I want to see you. And he told me, I love you. And I was like, oh my God. Well, Is that what the first time here? your dad's yes. ever said that? Yeah, the first time in 36 years <laughs> I heard that from my dad. And I was so happy. It was, it was like a lot of emotions, like happy but like confused. So is this before you've told him? Yes. Right. So I said, look, dad, I want to see, uh, say you something. Uh, do you remember Stephen? Uh, he said, yeah, I remember Steven from, he was here, he's, he's your close friend. And I said, yeah, dad, he's not only a close friend, he's my husband. And he said, oh, okay. So he just dropped it straight like yes. that? Amazing. It was like that, yeah. No and fucking said, about? Yeah, no, nothing. It wasn't like that. And he said, okay, uh, dad, it's very important to me what you think about me. Just, you're the, the, the only person I need to speak to about this because my mom and, and my brother uh, knew uh, already. So yeah. he said, okay, uh, I already knew it. So what's the point? So your dad already knew? Yeah. When you say he already knew, did he know because he like his own, own intuition or do you think your mom had said or your brother Not my said? mom, but he heard a lot of things when, yeah, in Colombia. Right. So he said, he said, okay, so it's, is it it's not a big thing, deal. Is yeah. it a sort of thing where he'd figured it out but decided yes. not to talk yeah. about it anyway? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yes. He said, I knew uh, years ago, so what's the point? There's, yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And, and I started crying. Oh, my God, why didn't you tell me this? And he said, <laughs> why? It's, it's You're the one who has to say something. And I learned a a lot of things about this situation because I've I grew up like thinking my dad was not a monster but oh he's always like angry he's an angry man and yeah and yeah it was so nice to came up with him so he still even the relationship with him went ten thousand times uh, better than than we had before yeah. So I went yeah, well I went to Colombia in in yeah like the 20th of December he was I didn't expect that he was in in the airport 
So he met you from the airport. Yeah. So he kissed me. He he told me he loved me and he was so happy. And another thing I didn't tell you is he started last year suffering from uh, Alzheimer. Right. So it was like a, a race against clock against right, time. So you felt like you had a ticking clock yes. to, to make sure you let him knew. And yes. If you hadn't have told him, do you think you'd regret that? Yeah, of course. For the rest of your yes, life? Yes, of course. Because right now, he's like, oh, what's your name? So he's in that. Oh, so he's like, he's starting to deteriorate yes. now. Yes. So So you wanted to make sure you told yeah. him before yeah, yeah, it yeah, got yeah. to a point. Then. Yeah. yeah. And he was so happy with the Steven. Even in in... in um, New Year's Eve, he was dancing with Steve, and he was so happy. He said, "You're like another another um, child to me, like another yeah. another son to me. Thank you for for taking care of Santiago. I really love you. I really appreciate what you've done all these years for Santiago, and I'm another another uh, father to you. So yeah." That's brilliant. Yes, and I spoke after that with mo with my mom, and I told her like I told you. Have you seen? It's better if if we always come clean and speak with, with the truth. And yeah. she said, "Yeah, I've learned a lot from from your dad." So, yeah, it's. It, I mean, I'm really happy because, yeah, there's no more lies in my life about so about being gay. But also, I'm quite sad because I think I don't have too much time with my dad yeah even when I came back here to London I felt like maybe because I saw him like he's very vulnerable now yeah he's not like the strong man I met when well I left there when when I when I left Colombia mm -hmm. now he's so vulnerable he's old and He's uh, well. He's got this mental condition now. Yep. So. I so think when you say you feel sad, you mean you feel sad that you never spoke to him sooner about yes. it? Yes. And also, I'm afraid when I come back, when I go back to Colombia, maybe he won't recognize me. Yeah. So it's not nice to think like. Yeah, I feel really bad if next time I see him, he will be like. Who are you? Yeah. So it's not nice. So that's why uh, I'm speaking to him every single day. Yeah. Twice or three times a day because and I'm sending him uh, pictures and. So if you like with the the whole coming out thing and you saying you, you like regret not coming out to him sooner. If there's anyone who listens to this podcast who's like you know, in that sort of phase of not knowing, maybe they've got a parent who they don't think will understand or won't accept it. What would you, how would you advise going about it? Because obviously it's got to be, I mean, not every circumstance works out the same way yours does. Yeah. Uh, where they're like, a parent is like, you know, surprisingly accepting. Yes. What would you say is like the best way to deal with it? How, how, what advice would you give people? I would say there's no best way to, to do it. Just do it. Yeah. And, I've never uh, met somebody who regretted about uh, coming out. No, not at all, never. It's always the best option. Yeah. It's always the best option. 
it's it's who you are so you cannot hide who you are this is the issue with Irish accents because it's even every time I go home like Christmas again they um they wait for me to speak right to judge they're like okay no you, you don't sound quite English yet because if I do I'm going to be killed so you try and keep your Irish accent then. I do but I don't have I don't know anyone that's Irish over here so I'm surrounded by English accents so already yeah. you kind of adapt it and you do use um different words well, than we um, do yeah well also like it, it would make life easier I was listening to one of my favourite UFC fighters is a guy well he's a former UFC fighter he's a guy called Michael Bisping yeah and uh, I was listening to a podcast that he does and they were ripping the piss out of him for his accent because he's got like a half he's from uh, where is it Clitheroe so oh yeah he, my housemate's from Clitheroe right so he's from there yeah. so he's got a half accent from there and a half American accent because he's Ooh. lived in America for so long now that he's, what he's found is that if he talks in his full English accent, people just regularly don't understand him. Yeah. So it's easier to just sort of change it for yeah. where you are. But there are words that mean slightly different things or that you just use constantly over in conversation here that we don't. So I've just picked them up to make life easier. Like what? Um, even just like descriptive ones, like calling things grim. <laughs> the grim is a fairy tale. It's nothing else back home. Those kind of things. Right. Um, or ill. Like, we right. wouldn't say ill, you'd say you're sick, but here, sick is actually, like, getting sick. Right. Whereas, we don't use the word ill at home, so... Those what, never? No, not really. Blimey. You wouldn't say, oh, I feel ill, you'd say, I feel sick. Right. So, I go home and say ill, and they're like, oh, Have Ill. you been listening to the Beastie Boys? <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, you were talking about Ireland. Where, where had we got to? Because this, this happens loads on the podcast, right? What I have to end up doing <laughs> is, like, I don't always record all the time. But when people start talking and telling something interesting, I'm always like, oh, we should record this. Yeah. And then... Just do a little, like, synopsis Yeah, exactly. Have to do an awkward, like, so where were we? What were we just talking about? What were we actually talking about? Talking Um, about mental health. We were talking about mental health. (laughs) Um, Yes. It's only been this past year that I've, like, properly gotten into it. And, um, oh, I can't remember what actual bit I was going to say about Ireland. Um, Well, we were talking... You were talking about how you've... um, been sort of doing counselling and how it's changed your perception of things and how yeah. you would like tend to not talk about things before and now it's made you willing to talk about things. Yes, absolutely. And um, oh yeah, I was saying even Ireland does have an effect, I think, on your like the upbringing there because say mother's generation and grandmothers yeah. completely different to mine now and that's like countrywide. It's now all of a sudden though. I mean, last few years we have things like gay marriage voted in and the past year. Abortion law voted in. So the older generation's stuff. attitudes there are much different. But then the o- older generation's attitudes here are still yeah, fairly but different. Yeah, this is the f- first time I've seen a like ridiculous difference in the, the one just before, like so my parents and mine. Um, and there, it's just the taboo and stigma is still there about mental health and that. You just don't talk about it at yeah. all. So I have like relatives and that, that have had depression and things like that, but it was always a hush and you don't really talk about it. Yeah. And... Um, and friends and people that have been diagnosed with other issues like recently, things like bipolar and all those kind of ones. Yeah. Um, that makes so much sense when they're diagnosed. You're like, yes, brilliant. And you're like, tell me about it and talk about it and then I can help you yeah. and help figure it out. But it's like, no, 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 you don't talk about those things. We're all fine and we're all happy. You don't say anything else. Um, so I started, yes, seeing someone this year um, where I found out that I do have a high level of empathy. So that was... I spent the year trying to figure out how to control it because I did have many cases where I'm trying to help friends who've come to me with big issues and problems. And it's 
not very helpful when then I in turn end up crying at them when they're crying right. at me because you end up absorbing it all in. So I was trying to learn how to stop it and you can feel it like come into you when you're talking to them. So um, it's very, very unhelpful and it stops you from being able to actually talk and give advice. It's helpful in some ways though. Like it's good, it's good to be like that. But it's, it's, I think it's good to, to, to have empathy. But I think probably if it's a, like a, an extreme level of it yes. where it affects you in a way that... Yeah, empathy's good, but I, don't think, and it, I, I, I read, don't think if, you, if you're just like... You don't not want any. It's, it's compassion. Yeah, exactly. But I read a really good book actually this year because of it called Against Empathy. Um, in it where he starts being like every other book you're going to read in empathy is going to be about how amazing it is and everyone should have more empathy, which is true of most people. But it's when you suddenly have more of the emotional empathy than the cognitive mm. that it's just making sure that you don't almost then again wallow in it and not try and help everyone else. It's like they give an example as if it's your doctor. If you go into like, you know, with a medical issue, you want your doctor to understand your pain and yep. be able to help you. You don't want them to then feel it and then become as bad as you are and incapacitated for it. Yeah. That would need addressing. Mm. It made me like research it like crazy and figure out how to not only help myself, but then it was something you could pass on to everyone else. So do you think you figured out or, you know, had if, help to find ways to deal with it? Yes, I mean, an aha moment was yoga. Mm -hmm. I went to, oh my God, it was amazing. I went to, there's this, um, people probably know her, um, American yoga teacher on YouTube called Adrian. Right. And she did, um, she could do like a tour of it. And she did a session in Alexandra Palace where there was two and a half thousand people all doing one yoga session together. And she was at the top. So like off the bat, amazing venue to be just like sat there. Yeah. But it was the most powerful thing I've ever like experienced in my life. It was everyone breathing at once. And you can like feel it and feel the energy in the room. And your like mind just stops and you just, it's like moving meditation and you just go with it. And mm. there was such a happy vibe and like loving thing in there. I was like, this is amazing. It suddenly made you just like relax and get a little bit of zen. And it was really, really beautiful. So I started, um, started doing that more. I had been doing yoga vaguely anyway, mm -hmm. just to look after body. I mean, doing the job I do, you end up... Um, in weird positions all day, which you probably get as well. Hello. Hurt, you hurt your back and your neck. Exactly. With no context, that sounds so, so dodgy. With no context. <laughs> the job I do, I, uh, I'm always in peculiar positions yeah. all day. Yeah, I'm mining. Oh, yeah, and what job is that? <laughs> like you tattooing, mine being a scenic artist, you end up like painting floors and ceilings for um, a lot of the time. So, yeah, there is legit reasons. But so I'd gotten into it for that, yeah. like purely the um, exercise side of it. But I'd never really taken into the whole breathing and that side of it. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I did and absolutely loved it. Um, and then because I had a cousin who um, was diagnosed with bipolar recently, I'd been um, chatting to her loads about because we were very close and we'd been discussing it loads because I was figuring out how I like learning with her. So Sorry, you'd been chatting about what? That she was diagnosed with bipolar. Because mm -hmm. um, she was learning how to figure out herself when she's in mania or, or right. not and that. So I wanted to be able to like help read the signs so you can help her. Yep. Um, so we were chatting loads about it and she'd gotten into mindfulness and started doing the, there's like an eight week course that you can do for it. And she was telling me loads about it and it sounded really interesting. So I started reading into it loads and doing it and it's essentially meditation and all these things of trying to be present and in the day to day. Mm. Um, so I started trying to do it as well. And again, you admit it's difficult because it's the whole thing as well of everyone assumes it's you're not thinking and that's what you're trying to do when you meditate. But it's not. It's that you're trying to be more present and essentially watch the thoughts go by because you're never going to stop. It's just learning to... It's like training your mind how to react to them 
because your mind is like a muscle itself. It needs to be trained, not just left, like run off the bat. Um, so I started doing that. And Meditation's hard. I used to do it because I used it to do Kung hard. Fu and we used to have to do meditation to do with that. It's, it's difficult. It is so difficult. Is difficult. I've been doing it. You try to do a bit every day, even like 10 minutes, even trying to do it like on a tube ride just to... It's probably the worst place to try and meditate. Well, no, it's not the only place to do it, but it's just trying to train your mind vaguely to do it, just to be vaguely mindful. But um, it is completely, but it's just not letting that get you down and stop mm. you from doing it. Because I feel the difference. You do notice yourself um, in a day going, oh, hang on, my mind has completely run away with that. And like, you know, see someone on the street that you know and they don't salute you. You're it's immediately going, what have I done to them? It's like, no, they probably just didn't see you. Well, this is the thing. It's essentially, it's something like being self-aware. Like It's yeah. something that, you know, people used to be aware of but seem to have lost the ability to be well, self-aware and also self-analyse things. We've got too much stimulation now. When you've got... Just you'd never just sit and be anymore. You, if you have any vague pause, you're like, oh, I better go on my phone and check something. Mm. It's not healthy. And this is when you see all the things that then put you in a bad mood. Yeah, but then also the thing is, is like I think with that, it depends on how you react to it more than anything else. I've always thought mm. this, and this is one of the things that always gets me, is people complain about social media, and I do myself. There's tons of times I've complained about it, um, but the reality of it is, I think there's loads of good. There as well is. as there's loads of bad. And it's how you interact with it. Yeah, and that's essentially what you're trying to do with meditation is train yourself to know your mind and like, yeah, and react, choose the right solution to it and not immediately think that it's negative or that you've done something wrong. Yeah. But so I've been playing with these things throughout the year um, and got really excited about it. And it is, I think it's a big, I felt a big change there when I first moved to London, which is like three years ago. Um, that I fit better over here, and I feel like I'm a different person since I moved here. What makes in a you feel like great you fit way. better? At home, I never, I don't know, I never really did. It was always a thing of um, small town, didn't quite get on with a lot of people, didn't have a huge circle of friends, but it's... Can, can we just start singing, She's a small town <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> but it was that kind of a thing. You're like, all right, you're all, you know, vaguely... Were you living in a lonely world? Oh, it was a lonely world. Did you take the midnight train going anywhere? <laughs> there was no city boy, though. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> um, I don't know, I felt a difference when I moved. It was all of a sudden, you had just more room to try all these things out. I mean, say things like this, all these kind of like vague new age things like this at home. I remember buying a deck, like a deck of tarot cards once and my mother being like, don't show your grandmother that, she'll think you're a witch. These kind of things that they right. just don't really get it. And or I've hidden my tattoos from them since I've gotten them from like 18. They're just right. like, no, you're... Like, oh, my grandmother's like, you're a marked person now. What if the guards are after you? They'll find you. I'm like, what have I done that the guards are after me, <laughs> first of all? <laughs> so do you think, though, that with things like this, there's somewhat a tendency, I'm not saying with you, but with other people, maybe potentially with yourself, to overplay with these things? Overplay with what? Like, these things that you've never... Because I, I sort of feel like I moved to London, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago now, and uh, I didn't do it. I'm still pretty much exactly the same person I was before. But it seems like what I've seen from other people is like that it's almost it's the t the time that you go right now I get to create a new character of myself I get to do all of these things I get to do try all of this stuff that I've never tried and sometimes go overboard with it and especially all the new agey mm. sort of hippie ish well no because I didn't really do that I didn't change anything I just found that. So it was all stuff you were interested in anyway. Yeah, you already. Never really got to do. Or, or else I was just the only person that did them. And all right. of a sudden you found like a tribe of other people that did them. And it was yeah. more of a, oh, okay. 
it's just more of a thing of I mean it's obviously much bigger than where I come from in Ireland anyway yeah so there are more of these things um around but it is then it was my main thing was I went home at Christmas um and which is my first time home kind of after having starting seeing a therapist and that so I had a vaguely kind of just more mindful head on me mm-hmm. and was just absorbing more and taking what was around me and that um but it was it was the thing, and, and one of my things was so I have been essentially hiding tattoos from my parents since I've gotten them, like since ten years ago. My brother yeah. is the same; he still lives at home and it's covered as well. But it's not even as hiding, but you don't tell them when you get them, and they very much don't acknowledge them if they see them. It's kind of if I don't say it, it's not real. Right. But whenever I go home, I used to still cover them because most of them are in easy coverable places. And if I go home in the summer, you just roast and be wearing jeans when it's sunny. Yep. Because this was one of my things I used to always do, was just make sure everyone else was happy above myself. So I was like, okay, no, I'm not going to this time when I go home. I'm just going to walk around what I usually wear. And again, it was, no word was mentioned. So no one brings it up? No, no one, one brings anything. it up, it's not a thing. Is there, is there a sort of thing where you feel like you're being frowned upon, though? Like a oh, absolutely being frowned upon. A silent thing. Yeah, there right. is. There was one, it was literally Christmas morning, and I was walking out the front door, we were going next door to um, relatives. And um, I was wearing a jumpsuit that was covering basically all of them. You could see my ankles, but mm-hmm. you could see the ends of tattoos on my ankles. And I walked out the door, and the only reference I ever got to the tattoos the whole time I was there was my mother going, don't turn your back to your grandmother today. And then she just walked out. And that's all I got, because she'd see them. I was like, I don't think she cares. It wasn't because of that. It's because your grandmother was in a murderous mood that day. <laughs> You'd been given just a big knife now. for Christmas, and your mum was just trying to help you out. Don't turn your back on her. She's going <laughs> to stab that someone. Way. It wasn't that tone. But I just found it really interesting. It was quite funny. Yeah. Um, and But it is, It's. I've just noticed a lot. It's very, it is a, Irish Catholic people is definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. As in that the way they've been grown up, they've just, it's what they've known. No one ever did have tattoos back then. And they didn't talk about mental health or going to therapists. If you did, it was usually something big and bad has happened. So yeah. when I tried to talk to them about it, they just get really, really quiet and... Like, again, I spoke to my mother about it when she came to visit and told her that I was seeing someone, that I was getting really into yoga and meditation, all these kind of things. And she kind of listened and looked at me. And all I got at the end was, uh, I'm not going to tell your dad about this. And then it was right. brought up again. I was like, interesting. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, do all of the good things like like and comment and all of that sort of stuff. But most importantly, tell your friends. Don't just tell your friends. Force them to listen to it. Give them a link. Send them the link so that they can't not do it. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next week.